What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender, Adam Ronis here. We are almost done with week one of the NFL season. Oh, baby, what a day Sunday was. Adam, how are you, man? How are you? Uh, how are you handling the excitement of Sunday, followed up by the sheer exhaustion of of a full day and night of football? Yeah, definitely have to get used to it again. But you know, it's always fun when you have football on your screen all day. Uh, had to mix in a little fantasy baseball waiver wire fab pickups here. Uh, fortunately, there's only two more after today. So oh, I can't wait till that's done. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to close out a couple leagues too, you know. So yeah, me too. <laughs> it's pretty important, you know, to make the right decisions here. So you know, I started to do that on Saturday just to set the groundwork and to get the updates. So uh, for you know the 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 four o'clock games all ended pretty early. Like I'm like, oh, one of these is going to go late. They were, I think they were all done by like 7:20 p.m. Eastern, which is rare. You usually have one go to like 7:30, 7:45. So you know there was a little bit of a window there. But yeah, no, it was a good day. Um, some good football, some entertaining, a lot of things we expected, a lot of things we didn't expect. There were definitely a lot of big surprises too. So, you know, typical, you know, everyone will say, oh, it was a wild week. That's that's the way the NFL is every single week. <laughs> it really is, right? It's like there's always something big happening. There's always something craziness going on. So um <laughs> I'll tell you what, why let's let's hit some of the craziness. Let's hit some of the uh the action. I mean, well, I, I figured let's just kind of go game by game and just yeah, you know, we don't have to do like in-depth analysis of each one, but like highlight the big points at least uh for everything going on. Uh does that work for you? Sure. You know, we'll drop some waiver thoughts in people's laps and uh, we can talk about some betting and stuff like that, see where we all kind of came out on uh, on our best bets. I'm doing the uh, the Golden Nugget, and I'm doing the uh, the Westgate Super Contest. Craig Mish and I pair up for those. So we're neck deep in all of that. You guys can find that stuff over at wageralarm.com. Uh, post our tickets every week, and then we uh, we also do our live stream where we make our picks. So, and then John and Pemba and I on Thursday nights while you're recording – uh, with Justin Fenceman, alarm after hours, we made our picks there too. So I'm um, have to go back and double check on all that. But man, what a oh, just unreal, unreal. Um, I'm gonna start off with this one here. I gotta start off with my Jets, right? Why not? Um, the most fitting thing in the world, Adam, is to watch the, your supposed franchise quarterback throw his very first touchdown pass in the NFL, and on the same play. You lose your left tackle to a sprained MCL. Now, I mean, obviously, that's best case considering the injury and stuff like that. But, dude, Makai Becton, I love him. And I think he's fantastic at what he does. But those knees cannot support that weight and move the way he moves and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's crazy. But, like, is that not just, like, the epitome of being a Jets fan? Yeah, unfortunately, it is. Uh, I know their offensive line had a lot of issues today. Uh, they obviously could not run the football at all. You know, we were kind of wanting to see what was the usage going to be in that backfield. They used all three backs. None of them were any good uh, due to the offensive line. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know Ty Johnson actually played the most snaps of the, of the three. But, you know, tough 
tough day for the running backs all around on the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> but I mean, listen, I've I've had you know, knowing that it's a rotation, I've had very very low expectations. I mean, I was grabbing like Tevin Coleman when he was like sitting there in the in the thirteenth and fourteenth round because he's going to have a share of this and and he knows the system. But I mean, it was yeah, it was it was ugly there. Uh, Corey Davis grabbed two touchdowns. That crushes my soul. Uh, even more, you know that. Um, took a little while for Sammy Darnold to get going, but lo and behold, here you go. Adam, the revenge game narrative. It works 60% of the time. It works every time. Sam Darnold rushes a touchdown in, throws for two, 279 and a touchdown. Um, Robbie Anderson, his one catch, 57-yard touchdown bomb. There you go. It's uh, get the guys away from Adam Gase and look at him run. Yeah, I mean, I expected a little bit more from Robbie Anderson. It is a little concerning. He only got three targets. McCaffrey had nine. DJ Moore had eight. So and even Terrace Marshall had six. So that's a little concerning, but it's one game. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, bro. I mean, this guy doesn't even score a touchdown. He has 27 points in PPR. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and I tell you what, man, that's the worst part about like building, like building cash lineups for DFS because everybody just, you know, just assumes they're going to throw him in. And it's, you know, it's kind of tough to to maneuver around. Like, you know, I mean, obviously you can build a different lineup without McCaffrey in it. But, you know, when you're like trying to feed examples to the public, you know, everybody immediately goes into like crazy panic mode if they don't see McCaffrey. So I always feel like I have to build at least one lineup with Christian McCaffrey to, you know, show everybody, you know, if you if you want to compete in some of these 50-50s and double ups, uh, you know, you, you got to look at, at, you know, roster percentage, ro- you know, ownership percentage. I could say ownership percentage. You guys don't know. I'm, you know, don't think I'm saying that in a derogatory way. Ownership percentage. And you got to look and you got to like be like, all right, well, if everybody's going to use McCaffrey, who else is everybody looking at? And you only really have to differentiate yourself from the pack with like two guys, maybe three, um, just because everybody just plays the same freaking guys over and over again, just because they know they're trying to get McCaffrey in. It's like all these GPP dart throws who suddenly become cash options because everybody's using them, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. All right. Uh, anything else about this game that you feel the need to uh, to address? Um, no. Nah. I mean, Corey Davis pretty much every week start, and I would still uh, have faith in Elijah Moore. He played three less snaps than Corey Davis. He was on the field a lot. I know there was a couple penalties, but he was in there. So I know he only had one catch for three yards, but he'll be more involved as we go along. So hold Elijah Moore. Hold Elijah Moore. Good sound advice. I love it. All right, let's go up to Buffalo. Pittsburgh Steelers come away with a uh, an upset victory, 23-16. to 16. Um, I couldn't believe how much Josh Allen was held in check in this game. The Buffalo offense, though, you know, I mean, for overall, really just what – I don't know, man. It just it didn't click. I don't know if it was, you know, opening day nerves and everybody's like, you know, expecting you that, you know, you were one – one win away from going to the Super Bowl and, and you know, ugh, it was a whole lot of yuck here for uh, for for Buffalo um, and Pittsburgh was OK. I mean, Deontay Johnson had a nice touchdown catch. 
there really weren't any like game breaking superstars in this game. No, not at all. I mean, Chase Claypool played the least snaps of the three receivers, which I think is to be expected. Um, Gabriel Davis had a touchdown, but he still played way less snaps than Sanders, Diggs, and Beasley. So keep that in mind. Sometimes people see the touchdown like, oh, yeah, Gabriel Davis. He's very talented, but the bottom line is he's not playing on in, until they play four wide most of the time. 14 targets, Diggs, 13 Beasley, eight Sanders, five for Gabriel Davis. And Zach Moss being inactive was definitely a surprise for sure. Um, as Francisco Lindor goes yard at the bottom of the eighth. Sorry about well, that. <laughs> oh, um, man. You know. Come on, man. Can I have my, my last day in the in the song? No. It's over after this. No, dude. you can't Stop. have your last day. In you the still song. have a playoff shot as a Yankees fan. Right. It does. So it doesn't mean anything to you. Like, you don't need the win. We do. We desperately need the win. No, I, I needed a win for pride. Fuck it's pride. Always, it's always good beating Give the Yankees. Give me a break. Pride. It's always good beating the Yankees, man. Unbelievable. Pride. Anyway, so back to the Bills. Uh, yeah, shove your pride up your ass. Come uh, on. Don't. Come on. You know, you, you got Yankees had that. What happened to that 13-game winning streak? Moving time. right along. <laughs> stay <laughs> with team. football. Yeah, let's stay with football. Focus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Josh Allen, disappointing game. Basically, yo, this was a disappointing game across the board. I know you mentioned Deontay Johnson with a touchdown, but five for 36. So, yeah, it was a fine day. He had 10 targets. You know he's going to be peppered with targets. Najee Harris, very tough time finding running room, man. You know, he was on the field, I believe, every snap, if I saw that correctly. Um, 16 carries, 45 yards, only one reception. So yeah, this was an ugly game all around. And, um, you know, I, I moved Singletary up in the rankings when I saw most was out, but it was still like RB 26, 27, you know, in that range. I, it's not like I was like, Oh, I got to put them top. No, man. Like the bills are not running. Like we see it all the time. Um, so Singletary, even with Moss out still had only 11 carries for 72 and three catches for eight yards. You don't want to invest in this Bills backfield. You just don't. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, you know, and I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, at some point people are going to learn. Like, that's that's the big problem, you know, when it's like, you know, all of a sudden you have that, like, that crazy scratch that, you know, that late scratch that, like, freaks everybody out. We'll get to the San Francisco game. But, I mean, that's exactly what went down uh, over there when the inactives were announced and Trey Sermon was uh, was a healthy scratch. So, you know, the, I, again, it's, there's so much there's so much overreaction in week one, uh, you know, bef- you know, before week one, during week one and, and right after week one. So, oh, I, I didn't see this, though. But so I'm seeing that he Singletary aggravated a shoulder injury and missed some of the game. He did return. So I don't know. I mean, he played. 64 snaps. Matt Breida played 10. So, I mean, but I, I didn't see why Zach Moss was inactive. Like, did you see anything? Uh, he was a healthy inactive. Uh, that, yeah, healthy I, scratch. Yeah, Dude. it was still, it was kind of surprising though, right? Coaches are doing shit like that. It's like, and, and, and again, here's, here's the problem is that, you know, if, you know, if, if a player is underperforming, all right, a coach is disappointed in them. All right, like as a beat writer, you should be in tune with that, right? Like, give me the reason why Zach Moss would be a healthy scratch. If did if Matt Breida 
you know, jumped over him on the depth chart <clears throat> for sure. <laughs> where's the where's where's somebody telling us that? Like, where is that? Yeah, you know? there was so much stuff that we didn't even hear about. And then we find out like during the games, it's like, wait, what? Like, so, yeah, this was a brutal week for that. Yeah. Yeah. Every week is a brutal week for that. No, this is this was like, I mean, I was just like, wait, Zach Moss. Is, I, I, I had to check. I'm like, wait a second. I saw it from a Bills reporter and then I saw the Bills Twitter feed and I'm like, oh, shit, Zach Moss is on there. OK. Don't you remember last year with <clears throat> Kyle Shanahan? Telling the the beat writer not to write about Jamichael Hasty because he wanted to keep him a secret from the opposition. Did he do that this time and say, "Hey, tell everyone Trey Sermon's great," and then I'm going to sit him? Yeah, I might as well have right because there was zero indication that that was happening. So unreal, unreal. All right, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, no great stories there. Najee Harris, he's going to see volume. I mean, he's, you know, you got to play him. You just, you got to do it. Uh, I think you pointing out that <clears throat> two wide receiver sets were Juju and Deontay uh, more than Claypool is very, very telling uh, about that. Let's go. Here was this. Oh, what a, where, where did this fucking game come from, man? Houston. How does Houston 37, 21 winners over the Jaguars, man? I got to tell you, I know that Trevor Lawrence, like his final stat line, 332 with three touchdowns, three picks. Fantasy-wise, that's okay. But, dude, he played a shit game. Like, if you watched him in the first half, he really – I mean, maybe it was jitters or I don't know. But, man, it was uh, – it was, it was, he looked bad. Oh, yeah. Well, looked bad as a whole. I mean, this was a pathetic performance because I thought by far the Texans were the worst team in the NFL. And for them – at first, though, when I did see the line, I'm like, really? The Jags on the road? I don't care who they're playing, three and a half? Like, how is it? How are they favored? I understand how bad Houston is, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not even touching this game. Because I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, Jacksonville. Um, but, yeah, they just were pathetic. And then the whole, we barely saw James Robinson? Like, what is that? I mean, I know he played... He played more snaps than Carlos Hyde, 46 to 25. But, like, there was a point in the game where Robinson had no touches. So, I, I don't know. This Urban – I know it's early, but Urban Meyer thinks, like, he's going to be a disaster, man. Um, but they did use Carlos Hyde, man, as as well. So, yeah. I mean, the rest of the Jags, though, I mean, again, Lawrence, like you said, had the three picks. He was only sacked once. I mean, if you used him in fantasy, as long as you didn't get pinged the last for interceptions too much, it wasn't too bad. Hyde had nine carries for 44. I mean, James Robinson had five carries for 25 yards, man. Like, really? And and <laughs> one, and three catches for 29 yards? Like, what, what are you doing? I know they fell behind early. It was 14-0 after the first quarter and 27-7 at half. But even early in that game, they weren't running. And, you know, I, I think we all – kind of felt like, all right, well, Meyer drafted ETN and Robinson's not part of, you know, he wasn't there last year, undrafted. Then ETN goes down. Everyone feels good about Robinson and Carlos Hyde gets more touches. So I really don't know what to make of this, but I think if you felt like, oh, I got a solid RB2 at Robinson, you might want to rethink that. I mean, I think he should still get the most touches, but, you know, he's got this tie to Carlos Hyde from Ohio State. 
Yeah, that's, you know, I, I had forgotten about that until late in draft season because I was like, you know, looking for, you know, upside, you know, handcuffs, basically. And, you know, who, who could step in? And, you know, when ETN was uh, when he went down, you know, it was like looking at Carlos Hyde being like, oh, can I take him? Oh, he went to. Ohio. Oh, OK. Um, on the other side, how about how about the the backfield for Houston? Clear as mud. Mark Ingram, twenty six carries for eighty five yards and a touchdown. But Philip Lindsay, eight for twenty five and a touchdown. And even freaking David Johnson, uh, a receiving touchdown. Got himself three carries. Got himself uh, four targets, three catches, eighteen yards, and he had a touchdown. Um, man, this this. Houston team, I just leaving me scratching my head all over the place. Yeah, I think it means nothing. First of all, how many games are is Houston going to play with a lead this year? They were able to feed Ingram, and they probably like, oh, this is never going to happen again. Keep giving right? him the football, <laughs> and he did nothing. He did nothing with them. He averaged three point three yards per carry. So, so I wouldn't jump to conclusions here. Uh, again, Jacksonville, it all lined up. They played a bad team. Um, the snaps were, you know, Ingram played 35 snaps, Johnson 22, Lindsey 20, and even Burkhead at 10. So I'm not buying into this. Someone's even gonna, Burkhead. Someone's going to waste money on Ingram on the wave wire, man. It's going to be a big mistake, man. Don't do it. Yeah. I actually, you know, what's really funny is that I, I have shares of Ingram in some early, really, like really early best balls. So, well, at least you got one good week out of him. I got one good week out of the guy. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. I I I I just even even Brandon Cooks with 132 yards, I still yeah, don't understand look, it. He was undervalued, and I don't even know. I know I don't have him in any redraft. I might have him in best ball. The reason why is I think by that point of the drafts, I usually had a lot of receivers, but he was definitely undervalued. It, it happens every year. I know people were looking at this team like, oh, what is he going to do? It's, someone's got to catch the football. They're going to be playing from behind. I mean, the fact that Danny Amendola scored a touchdown, and I had tweeted out, I bet most of you don't even know what team he's on, let alone he's in the NFL, because that was a recent signing. <laughs> I'm sure most people don't even know. Like, oh, Danny Amendola, the Texans? <laughs> I couldn't believe that he uh, that he. I mean, think about it. Danny, Danny Amendola and Chris Hogan scored today. What is going on? Yeah. I forgot about Hogan. Yeah. Oh, dude, that Saints game. Jeez Louise. Jeez Louise. Um, yeah, all right. I, I let's get out of that game. Let's go, let's go to uh Arizona, Tennessee. That's what's on next on the docket. This one here, um, you know, I mean, tons of shit to love about Arizona, right? Kyler Murray looked great. Um, you know, Hopkins looked fantastic. Uh, it, you know, uh, Christian Kirk is from Nashville. So, you know, you gotta love the, 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 the homecoming narrative on that one. Um, so much to love here from, from the, the Cardinals perspective, what was going on with Tennessee? Derek Henry couldn't get anything going and they just kind of abandoned the run. Well, yeah, I think you were if you started Henry, you were fortunate enough to get what he gave you because it looked really bleak early on when they were trailing pretty big. And um, that's the problem with Derrick Henry is in a game like this, he's in trouble. Now, he did catch three passes for 19 yards, which we rarely see. But, yeah, this offense was just confused. They were under pressure. 
six sacks for the Titans defense, five by uh, Chandler Jones. Uh, so he made his mark on this game. And yeah, it was ugly across the board. I mean, AJ Brown did get a touchdown on Savage's day. Like I thought this was one of the better matchups for Julio Jones and he was healthy. Uh, and he only had three for 29. So that doesn't bode well going forward because, you know, he's probably going to get banged up. So, yeah, this was just a ugly performance by the Titans across the board and what should have been a pretty good matchup because the Cardinals secondary is a, a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently it is. Um, trying to think anything that, that really sticks out to you here about this game other than, you know, obviously Henry, they, they, they couldn't get the running game going. Um, it was nice to see AJ Brown scores, you know, Julio, Julio, uh, you know, I mean, looked fine. The plays that I saw, I didn't get a chance to like watch the game in its entirety, but you know, there really wasn't anything really all that impressive about any aspect of this Tennessee offense, really. Yeah, no, it was really bad and. I, it's probably just an off week. I got to think they're going to get better, you know, um, with, with Julio Brown and Henry. I just think they just – we saw it a lot from several teams. It happens across the NFL. It's magnified in week one. I think it's just a bad week. Yeah. I can I can definitely get down with that. Um, shout out to your boy, A.J. Green, who saw six targets. Only He's not my boy. He was my boy like seven years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. I just figured you were just a natural born Dude, A.J. Have, Green fluffer. I've had no A.J. Green the last last year. This year, none. I wanted none. He played more snaps than Kirk and Rondell Moore, but and he still did less. So I'm not worried about it. Uh, Rondo Moore only played like 20 snaps, but they were getting him the football. So uh, he had four catches, 68 yards, five targets. I just think his role is going to grow. He's explosive. He's good with the ball after the catch. Um, but yeah, I mean, even Christian Kirk, I don't want to go crazy about this because we kind of saw it last year too. Um, and again, he played less snaps. Uh, did make a nice catch there, but I still, I still think that um, Rondell Moore. Uh, I like better than Kirk. You like Rondell more better than you like Christian Kirk. Yeah, over the course of the year. Mm -hmm. I just think he's going to get more involved in the offense. Very curious to see how they utilize him. I, I just have a hard time with these little players, right? Like, it's just, it's it's so hard for them when you see them, you know, when you see them get hit, you know, you you worry that they just don't have the the ability to stay healthy, you know I mean? Darren Sproles is like the last guy who like really stands out for me as like a, a little guy who just doesn't get hurt. Like Gio Bernard undersized uh, used to get hurt all the time when he first came into the league because he was so little. So I do have a little bit of worry um, ab about Rondell Moore in that. Situation. I mean, I think they want to use him as a playmaker. He had played 20 snaps on those 20 snaps. He had five targets, four catches for 68 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that. This. I'm not saying that he can't have a good game. I worry about his longevity, right? Yeah. I mean, this. This was a good game. Is he going to be able to build off of this and 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 steadily improve? Um. Or you know, are we just going to see something in the beginning and then uh oh, this dude's going to get hurt? Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think AJ's green snaps if they want to win will probably oh, start to go down good because aj green sucks dude he's the worst i can't stand him i've been telling listen 
three years ago, I was telling people to cut them in like week five, week four. And and they were just there. People were just shredding me left and right. And I didn't know what I was talking about. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Look at this. There's nothing there. You know, like these are the same people who think Sammy Watkins is actually going to be a thing beyond week one. It doesn't happen that way. So, you know, mm, 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 mm. that's what I got to say about that. <laughs> well, you're not amused. No, I mean, I have I think Green has been done for a few years. He was a really elite receiver before, but age has caught up in injury. Yeah, seven years ago, he was an elite receiver, no doubt. No doubt, right? When when Boomer Esiason was throwing to him in Cincinnati, like that's when he was great. Right. <laughs> Boomer Esiason. Oh, fucking Bender. How'd you get to be so funny? Uh, you know what? We're going to figure out how the hell I got to be so funny uh, in just a few moments. We'll be back to give you the answer because we're going to pay some bills. And we're going to take a quick commercial break. So we'll keep going with our game wraps and some thoughts here on week one in just a second. So stick around. We'll be right back. Adam, how the hell did I get to be so damn funny? I no idea. I don't know. I tell you, tip your waitresses. Try the veal. Washington, Adam. Oh, baby. So the big question. So coming into this game, the Golden Nugget had it listed as a pick 'em. Um, the Chargers were favored by a point in the Westgate. I think. Mm, yeah. no. Were in they the favored in the Westgate? Well, the Chargers were initially. They were and initially, and then it, and then the, the line, line flipped when Eckler mm-hmm. messed up his hamstring. Did the line flip back at all? I don't know if it was because of Eckler, but the line was moved in favor of uh, Washington. They wound up the closing number had them favored. The closing number had Washington favored, and yeah, all right, yeah. So I'm looking at the uh, the the super contest. Um, and it is, uh, it, it was Washington was, uh, what should we call? It? Oh, wait, wait, where is this? Where is this? Come on, come on. Cause this was, this was an interesting one. Cause you know, here's the thing, you know, how, like there's always a team that like, no matter how many times you bet them or how many times, you know, or anything like that, you always seem to get screwed, right? There's always something that happens. Um, for that, for me, it was, uh, it was always, it was like the Raiders against Denver. I could never pick the Raiders versus Denver game. Right. And, you know, and I'd be like left with having to take one of them in like a survivor pool kind of shit. So, you know, it was like that. That's what, what it is for the chargers. You talk to Craig mesh about the chargers and it's the lengthy, lengthy history, uh, of never being able to cover the spread. Never being able to now i talked to him about you know the chargers and what i think for their offense and this and that but i was like listen i don't really want to touch this game because they're traveling across country and you know washington's defense is really really good so you know i'd rather you know there were other games that you know we could sit and make the pick off of and uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine because uh, you know. But he's like, for me, it's it's Washington or nothing in this game. And uh, 
lo and behold, look at that. Uh, the the curse is broken, sort of, kind of. We're hoping, and the uh, and the Chargers come out on top, twenty to sixteen on this one. Uh, can we just blame it on the Fitzpatrick injury? Uh, not partially. Look, I think the Chargers are a really good team. So I know this was a tough spot, and a tough defense, but you know I like the over nine and a half wins for them this year. Uh, I think Brandon Staley coming in helps. There's a lot of talent on this team, so I mean. There were questions about Austin Eckler today. He played 15 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. He was getting goal line carries, too. That is big. Now, the concern is he was not even targeted in the passing game. I don't know why. Um, so that's something weird. And it looks like, at least for now, that Larry Roundtree is the backup. Justin Jackson had one carry. Roundtree had eight for 27. And Josh Kelly was inactive. So I think that was something we were looking for here. And the 47 snaps for Eckler, 25 for Roundtree, 11 for Justin Jackson. So looks like Roundtree is the backup uh, there. And Mike Williams had a big game. Please stay healthy, Big Mike. Oh, love that, right? Eight for 82 and a touchdown. Yeah. You know, it's funny, too, because he started falling in drafts. I did a draft the other day, and I was so loaded at wide receiver in light at running back, I couldn't. I was like, man, someone is going to get a steal here with Mike Williams, but I couldn't do it based on my roster construction. And I was like pissed off because I'm like, someone else is going to get him. Uh, but yeah, I have, um, yeah, I have a good amount of Mike Williams. I have him in my home league. He was on the bench. Uh, I have him in GST. He was in my lineup. But yeah, I'm, I've always been a big fan of Mike Williams. And, you know, they're going to, he should get the, you know, he should be right there with Keenan Allen. I mean, Allen should still lead in targets, but today was 13 12. So, Good sign there. Jared Cook, 5-56, had a pretty good game. So, you know, pretty much what you expect. And on the Washington side, obviously, they have a short week. They play the Giants on Thursday. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has a hip injury. He's going to miss some time. So we're looking at Taylor Heineke, who we've seen flashes from, 122 yards and a touchdown. He's uh, added super flex leagues, obviously. Um, if he's going to be a starting quarterback, there are some weapons here. And... Um, Diami Brown, I actually picked him up uh, over the weekend uh, when I saw that Curtis Samuel was an IR. And I know oh, he didn't I have thought a... it was because you saw uh, Tara's video on Fantasy Alarm or Bargains oh. video or oh. deep deep waiver cuts. That's what it was. Oh, it was Diami Brown? Diami Brown, yeah. Yeah, no, I picked him up on Thursday or Friday or something when I saw Curtis at one of the it was NFFC, I think, or RT Sports, one of those. Uh, RT's on Friday night, NFFC Saturday. But yeah, I picked up Brown for cheap. And, you know, if you just look at the box score, you're like, oh, only one catch minus two yards. But he had four targets. They didn't pass much in this game at all. They only had 21 pass attempts, but he was on the field a lot. And, you know, you got to give Heineke an opportunity to work with the offense. Uh, but uh, it was uh, 51 snaps for Brown. So he played second most behind McLaurin. So deep performance, I think he's interesting. And you got to be happy if you have Antonio Gibson. 20 carries for 90 yards, also five targets, which led the team. Again, yeah. they didn't pass much. Three catches, 18 yards. J.D. McKissick, one target, not involved, one carry for eight yards. It was so predictable. I have no J.D. McKissick this year. I have no McKissick either. Yeah, listen, they've been talking about it over and over again that, you know, Antonio Gibson in this offense is – Going to see the same volume that Christian McCaffrey saw when Scott Turner and Ron Rivera were in Carolina. So I'm I'm perfectly happy with, with that for Antonio Gibson. Didn't get into the end zone today. It happens. 
Um, but still, yeah, like you said, the five targets was great. The 20 carries was even better. Um, you know, there, there's some good things for this. There are definitely some good things, uh, you know, to come from, from this game, you know, from this team, but yeah, I like the, I like the lack of a shared backfield. I think that's very, very important. Oh, and by the way, I don't mean to, you know, kind of gloat about this, but when Craig Mish and I did the uh, the Wager Alarm live stream, we were doing uh, futures and props uh, for the NFL for this year. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick under his passing yard total. Look at we, you taking a victory lap on an injury. We said hammer it. <laughs> we said hammer. Well, because, I mean, it was like his prop total was like, I mean, you're sitting there. Now, when was the last time Ryan Fitzpatrick ever played a full season? Like, how long has it been? Yeah, and he's older. Yeah, I know. He's older, and Heineke actually looked decent at times last year. So, you know, you just you kind of had to figure that Fitz was going to miss some time at some point, whether it was a game or two. But the number, you know, for him for passing yards, I mean, it was like, I mean, it was pretty close to 4,000 if it wasn't 3,900 in that range there. I can't remember what it was. But we were like, so he has to pass for X number of yards every game, every game he's got to play. Otherwise he's never going to make this prop. And, uh, and you know, listen, it's all, you guys don't have to take my word for it. It's not so much a victory lap. Go back and watch the fucking live stream, right? Go back and, and watch that. Go to wageralarm.com and watch, you know, what, what mission I said about this. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I'll, I'll take a, a small victory. I'll take a victory lap on the, the, the assholes in the world who said that, um, you know, Nick Chubb's not a league winner. I won't draft Nick Chubb because he's not a league winner because he doesn't catch passes. I love rubbing people's nose and stupid shit like that. Yeah, I know. Don't do it in week one though. Oh, come on. I'm taking victory laps all day, all day, every day. Here we go. Right. <laughs> Um, let's see. I love what you said about Mike Williams. I definitely agree with you there. I mean, he's the X receiver in this, uh, you know, in this, in this format, right? I was actually, I was pleasantly surprised to see Keenan Allen with the 13 targets, the nine catches and the hundred yards, because I actually did worry. I was very bullish on Mike Williams coming into the nah, season. Keenan's always going to get his, there's no worry there. They don't right. have, I mean, I just, I, I know he's going to get a share because he's a security blanket for, for Herbert. But, you know, I kind of wondered, you know, would it come down even a little bit though, because Mike Williams and then, I mean, listen, Jared cook with eight targets. I mean, Cook averaged 600 yards and eight touchdowns. Was that? No, maybe maybe it's 700 yards and six touchdowns a year. Whatever it was in two seasons with the Saints, you know, so he comes over, he knows the offense, you know, he's going to get the work, you know, big target there. I, uh, I, I was digging on that. So, yes, I will. Uh, I will happily regale in the Chargers and what they did. Uh, and I will, yes, you know what? I'm going to take my Ryan Fitzpatrick prop victory lap right now. I'm going to do it nice and quick. You know why? Because I'm an asshole. Because <laughs> I'm an asshole. Right? Did I tell you about the fucking guy who uh, who who tweeted at me uh, at the uh, at the end of the first half of the Thursday night game? No. Be, be, basically being like, you know, 
I, I, I never listened to the experts, uh, you know, up until, you know, like week this or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And, and I, I never should have listened to, to, you know, to you. I should have just trusted my gut. He was mad at me because at, at the end of the first half, Dak Prescott had 250 yards and two touchdowns. And I told him that I would rather start Russell Wilson. And, uh, and I, that was my suggestion. And he started Russell Wilson. Yeah, well, it's another good game. I mean, people do that. They do the whole halftime thing. Like, let the games finish, man. Let it breathe, man. Dude, but- not only was it just the halftime thing, right? But it was like Russell Wilson wasn't even playing. Wasn't playing for another three days. Like, how is it at the end of a half of football you want to sit there? Now, That's how people are. You got to ignore it, man. No, Adam, I won't ignore it. You should, because now you're creating more – Stress for yourself. You got to let it go. I'm Don't not even stress, man. I just, I just want to. I, 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 the dude deleted all his tweets. Oh, there were course. so many people who were tweeting at me today when, when fucking Wilson was was killing it. They were just like, "Oh, where's that guy? Oh, where's that guy?" I talked about it on the show on Friday. They all went looking for him. The dude deleted his tweets, and I can't remember what his like handle was. Look, there's always going to be people who are irrational. There, are, we have a lot of smart listeners and subscribers who understand and listen to our reasoning and understand why things don't work out. Like if someone said Raheem Mostert was a good play today and they're mad at you, they're a fucking moron. Okay. Look at what the backfield did. They were, he was going to run all over Detroit. He got hurt. Shit happens, man. There's nothing you could do. It sucks. Trust me. I had money on him to score an anytime touchdown. He got hurt. All right. It was the right play. It didn't work out. It's all about the process that led you there. And Dak Prescott, I had, I think, ranked ninth at quarterback this week on Fantasy Alarm. I know I had Russell Wilson in front of him. The reason why Dak was that low was Tampa Bay's defense, his first game back, yep, you know, yep. with the offensive line hold up. And look, yep. he played better than anyone could have thought. Now, we still had him as a QB1 and a top 10 QB. And I doubt many people – I mean, I don't I, I don't know many leagues where people have Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson, so maybe this guy's playing like in an 18 league because there are many teams that have that combo. It's just hard to do that because – Dak was going fifth, sixth quarterback off the board, and Wilson was going like right after. So most people are not going to have that situation. So, but you have to understand what led to the decision. You know, read the analysis, listen to what the person talking is saying. And if it makes sense and it's logical, that shouldn't be what matters. There are always going to be people in this world where it's just like, well, no, I want the right answer. I don't care how you got there. You know, someone could be like, oh, well, oh, you told me to start uh, Corey Davis over. You told me to start Devontae Adams over Corey Davis. You're a moron. Really? Okay. If you're going <laughs> to, you know, like, I can't talk to you. You're an irrational person. <laughs> those are, it's some, sometimes those are the, the, the absolute funniest. Oh, no. Those, those right. are, I find them. You tough. ruined my season. Right. How could you have Devontae Adams rank so high and Corey Davis so low? You know what, dude? Somebody sent an email today to Fantasy Alarm about Mike Davis. Why did Howard Bender have Mike Davis ranked so high? Maybe he listened to me and said how much I hate him. (laughs) It was just, it was crazy. Like, it was crazy. Like, you know, it was like, I'm like, you know, it's not like I listed Mike Davis as like, you know, a fucking top 10 running back even like no what for the season or for this week for the season did you rank mike davis high for the week 
No, he was probably I don't know twenty two or something. Yeah, no, no, no. This guy said this know. guy said that he he has Mike Davis everywhere because <laughs> we were so high on him. And here you go. I definitely had, did not have my rankings because I think I had him like RB twenty nine for the season. Basically telling you do not do not draft him. Okay, I had him inside the top twenty. I okay. did because I you know and I know I think, we 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 differed on that. Right, right, right. No, I got you. I got you, but I have Mike Davis right there with James and you Robinson. Drafted him. And you drafted and, him. So it's not like you told people to do something and didn't follow it. Right. But I've got him, I've got him here with Robinson, Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Chase Edmonds. Like that's, you know, like that's where I had him, uh, you know, the the grouping that I had him in here, you know, right around the top 20. So, you know, I'm like, you know. So I have him inside the top 20 and you guys are in, you know, Adam's got him inside the top 30 and, and you're like going bonkers uh, about this. You're going to send a fucking email asking why we were so high on him because of what? Because of one freaking game, because one, one game where, I mean, you know, he, he still, he had 15 carries. He had more carries than anybody else of, you know, in this backfield dude had six targets. Right. Only had three for 23 to come back. I'm here on Philadelphia beating Atlanta 32 to six. But it's not like this dude wasn't active in the game or anything like that. Atlanta shit the bed and Atlanta's offensive line blows. Yeah. I mean, we did see Cordero Patterson as the backup. Davis played 53 snaps, 24 for Patterson. But yeah, the offense was just abysmal across the board. Um, I'm done with Kyle Pitts. I'm selling him. Yeah, good luck. I'll buy. Right? Only a 50% catch rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I'm dying right now. I'm choking up my own spit. Yeah, Pitts will be fine. He tied Calvin Ridley for the lead in targets with eight, four catches for 31 yards. So definitely a disappointing uh, performance today. But again, it was the offense as a whole. And, you know, for a rookie tight end to get eight targets right away, I mean, he's going to get the looks in this offense and – He's only going to get better from here. So don't worry if you have him. Definitely don't worry if you have pets. Well, that see, that's the thing. That's what I love about week one, right? Is that we'll go, we'll go through the game tomorrow. Waivers will process on Tuesday. And then I'm just going to start making all these fucking buy low trade offers. Right. You know, to, to all of these people who you just, you just know are going to panic about certain players, you know, for the same token, they're going to overvalue guys. Like, I think everybody was so crazed about Atlanta losing and, and just looking so bad because all everybody has ever said all offseason long is how bad Philly's defense is. And so if Philly's defense is that bad and Atlanta can only put up six freaking points on them, like, you know, how how much of a horror show is this? Um, you know, so I think that, you know, people are just, uh, you know, they're, they're going to overrate certain. Th- I'll pick it up. The, I'm picking up the Eagles defense. Should I drop? Should I drop the 49ers defense who sucked today against Detroit and pick up the Eagles D? 49ers defense gave up points, but they did have a defensive touchdown. That's big. I know they did. Oh, please, dude. There's so much about that game. Let's talk Philly first, though. Then we'll go over to like there's something like that's the thing. That's the beautiful thing about it. this. Is why I want to go game by game. There's so much going on in all of these games right now. Like, I mean, let's talk Eagles here. Hertz had a great game. Great yeah, game I'm, for him. Yeah, I'm a I have a lot of Jalen Hurts uh, this year. Uh, 
I put him in the Yahoo DFS video. He was $26. He was a good play. You know, ran, he ran 62 yards. Uh, the other thing to take away here is Kenneth Gamewell. Looks like he's the guy, not Boston Scott. So uh, you can Thank cut Boston God. Scott if you have him because uh, Gamewell looks like he's the number two. Um, and Miles Sanders looked pretty good. Um, you know, 15 carries, 74 yards, 4.9 yard a pop, and four receptions for 39 yards. So that's good that he was involved in a pass game, had five targets. Uh, I think I don't have him anywhere. And I said there were two players that I was a little worried about missing out on. And Sanders was one of them. I will get to the other one in a different game. And I was like, damn, man, I hope I just don't regret passing on him in like round four because I always liked Miles Sanders. But um, and, and I thought this was a, a good game for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, and Devontae Smith obviously looked good. Eight targets, six for 71 and a touchdown. Yeah. Got her made a great touchdown catch um but it's still you know Ertz is still there um I know Ertz left briefly for injury did come back but you know got her obviously salvages day with the touchdown but it's still a concern that um you know he was only in there for a little bit more than half of their pass plays so you know I mean tight end's tough but you if you roll with him um I think I only have him in one redraft league it was FSGA because we did it in July and then I backed off but it's a 14 team league I'm not rostering two tight ends in a 14 team league with six bench <laughs> spots. So I'm just going to roll with Goddard. Week one was good. Week one was good. It was indeed. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think I have any hurts this year, which kind of bums me out. Um, but it was, it was definitely, it was a fun game to watch. It was good to see. I mean, again, also, you know, the, uh, the Atlanta defense pretty damn weak also. I mean, you know, you see, to Smith and Rieger and Goddard all come in with all these catches and stuff. And then, you know, then touchdowns, but I mean, match them up against a better secondary and, uh, and we'll just, we'll see what happens. Uh, one game ran into overtime today. The, uh, Cincinnati Bengals actually come back and, uh, and, and beat the, uh, the Vikings. I think the Bengals had the lead. Then they, lost the lead and then they got it back and they win in overtime 27 to 24. Um, I think the exciting thing for everybody, Adam, uh, is that uh, Jamar Chase learned how to catch a football that doesn't have stripes. Dude, I, I bought the dip so much, man. It was so fucking stupid how people were like downgrading him. It was come on, man. Like the same thing happened with Justin Jefferson last year. Like the guy's talented. He hadn't played football in a row. You really think like it's crazy. I think um, I know I got him in both my RT sports drafts, which were like September 2nd and September 7th. Um, I, di I did not start him, though, but because in that league, it's two running backs, two receivers, two flex. And obviously, I had a good team. I'm looking now to see where I drafted him. It was. Uh, oh, actually, one was round seven. I thought the other one another one must have been round eight or nine because that yeah, the second one was a little later and he fell. And then my draft on Wednesday wanted to get him. But again, I was stacked at wide receiver at that time. I needed running backs, so I couldn't take him. And I even said it to my friend. I'm like, man, someone's getting a value on Chase here. Um, so, yeah, the leagues that I have him, I did not start him this week. Full disclosure on that because, you know, you want to see what's happened. But uh, I was taking him as like my fifth receiver on the bench. And he played the most snaps and he looked fine. And I think Joe Burrow, when he sat down at his press conference, he goes, oh, I thought he couldn't catch. <laughs> so I thought that was fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's fine. T. Higgins left briefly with uh, – he got carted off. He needed an IV. 
I don't know if he played a lot. He came back, but I don't know how much he played in overtime. Uh, but those look like to be the two guys. Um, Joe Mixon, a big game. I mean, you're very happy with this, but is the game script going to be like this every week? But the fact is they gave him a huge workload. And yes, it went to overtime. But either way, 29 carries, 127 yards and a touchdown. Also caught four passes for 23 yards. So that looks good. Boyd was the guy who got hurt. But again, they only attempted 27 passes and completed 20. It's probably going to be more the other way for them, assuming they're trailing. So pretty much what we expected from the Bengals. And same thing with Minnesota, right? I mean, Cousins had a solid game. Dalvin Cook, not great on the ground, but he had a touchdown. Six catches for 43 yards. Adam Thielen, once again, red zone, man. I don't have any Adam Thielen this year. Uh, he had 14 touchdowns last year. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen again. Well, two more touchdowns today, 10 <laughs> targets. I got, uh, a, I got a bunch of feeling. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the good thing about them is, again, they're one of those teams, you know where the ball is going. It's Thielen and Jefferson, right? I mean, yep. K.J. Osborne had nine targets today, but that's they passed the ball 50 times. I don't think they're going to do that that often. They want to run the football and play from ahead. But pretty much what we expected, I think for the most part on both sides, you know, Burrow is okay. Uh, was sacked five times. Um, did get hit on one sack and then was riding the bicycle on the sideline, but he's okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think this game uh, – Pretty much what we expected. And if you uh, were able to get Jamar Chase for cheap, good for you. Seven targets, five for 101 and a touchdown. It was just, it was mind boggling. I mean, even uh, Jim Bowden and I were discussing last week. We both said, yeah, buy the dip. You know, like, come on, man. Like, it, it got ridiculous. Now, you want to say he was going too early in early drafts because he was going on the fourth round consistently. Okay. But he started to fall to like the eighth, ninth round in some recent drafts. I was like, okay, thank you. Did Jim Bowden say buy the dip? Uh, well, we did some segment on like stock and we both said to buy on Chase. I don't know if he said buy the dip exactly. I don't want to quote misquote him. Oh, I, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I, I'd be killer impressed if he did because I was going to ask you, what the hell does buy the dip mean? What's the dip? The dip is his price. It dipped. Really, I thought it would be like a much more of a. No, he went from a fourth round pick to eighth ninth, so it dipped. The price dipped. Don't buy the dip. The dip. Uh, is is that what everybody means when they say the dip? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I'm so fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old and out of touch. But if it's popular at a fish show, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. San Francisco, 41 to 33 against the Lions. I mean, this guy, it's crazy how this game looks like it could have been in doubt um, at the very end. San Francisco fumbled the ball and, and Detroit had a, a final shot at it here. Um, but I mean, it was what a bizarre game. All right, let's let's talk about so a couple of like really major points here. A they weren't honest with us about the uh, the pecking order for carries uh, in San Francisco. Trey Sermon was a, a healthy scratch for no reason whatsoever. Um, Elijah Mitchell got a, a, you know a, a good amount of work there because our good boy Raheem Mostert who was wearing it, uh, you know, from you know during practices and. Swore up and down the line that he was fine. He was fine. Don't stop talking about my knee brace. Stop talking about it. Two carries for 20 yards. But 
Uh, it's Elijah Mitchell who comes through 19 for 104 and a touchdown. Jamichael Hasty got into the end zone, but I mean, the dude had one target. He had one carry. I mean, where's the fucking rotation, right? Like now all of a sudden you're going to give Elijah Mitchell 19 carries. What? I don't understand this shit. Yeah. I think Shannon said after the game that those two backs just outplayed Sermon lately. So who knows? I mean, we always see this with the backfield, man. They just plug and play anyone. So yeah, there's a lot to take away from this. Uh, I mean, I, I probably hold Sermon for now, but I could see in shallow situations cutting him. I want to see what happens first. Also want to see the extent of the most third injury. And look, mm-hmm. I think I have Mostert in, I think it was the fishbowl because he fell, but this is why it was so difficult to draft him. He's just not durable. We This is not a surprise. I mean, it was a great matchup. I had him ranked high, liked him for DFS, told, said I had the anytime touchdown. I mean, I didn't see him exiting so quickly, but that was why I just can't draft him, even when he fell, because it, we all knew he's just not going to stay healthy. Uh, when he's on the field, he's great. He's phenomenal. Um, so, I mean, Elijah Mitchell is going to be the big ad, right? I mean, cause I, I don't know, man, cause how do they go from serving being inactive to being the lead back next week? If most are out, like that just doesn't make sense. So of course it doesn't make sense, which is why Kyle Shanahan right. is going to do it, <laughs> which is probably why serving has 20 carries next week. But yeah, yeah. Elijah Mitchell is going to be the guy and you're going to have to spend for him and you got to look at it. Cause you know, what it, we've seen this before with the 49ers. It's like, okay, next man up. Right. And Jeff Wilson will be back at some point this year. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a headache, but if you're desperate and there's always teams desperate for running backs, uh, Elijah Mitchell is going to cost you in fab this week. Yeah. And see, you know, here's the thing is I just, I just don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze, right? Like Sermon will be back. And, you know, if Mostert isn't, you know, out for the next, you know, three to five weeks or whatever it might be, you know, if, if he's back or whatever, then, then you just blew all your fab budget on Elijah Mitchell. Who's going to see six carries next week. Yeah. I mean, a lot's going to depend on, obviously, do we get any word on most of before waivers runs? I know there are some leagues that do Tuesday night. Most of my leagues do Wednesday, but I know Yahoo does Tuesday night. Does he, I don't play on ESPN this year. Do they do Tuesday night also? ESPN does Tuesday night. Yes. Okay. So yeah, in those leagues, and I know there are a lot of listeners out there that play in those leagues, we might not have the info. Um, you know, it's possible we do get some stuff Monday and Tuesday, but if you don't have it by then, then yeah, that's going to be a tough decision. Um, and then this Brandon Ayuk thing is just fucking mind boggling, man. Um, apparently he's not been a professional. It's that you hear. And then well, he also had a hamstring recently, so, you know, we kind of want to ease him in. But that was another surprise. I'm sure a lot of people started Ayuk this week. Um, he was drafted ahead of Debo Samuel, and then he barely played, man. I think uh, – let me see. I, I got snaps here. 26 snaps. So he played 26, Debo 46, Trent Sherfield 27, Muhammad Sunu 20. So he barely played and uh, didn't do anything. So we've seen this with – Dante Pettis before, and I'm not saying I use Dante Pettis, but we saw how Shanahan was with that. So the IU thing is crazy because he was going in the he was going in the fourth, fifth round of high stakes leagues. Um, 
Oh, so. completely, completely fucking overrated. I, I, you know, again, here's here's the thing, and you know, uh, yeah, see, I, I know, see, but I, I disagree. See, I think I what's think that? Your, I saw your tweet. Your premise is wrong because I, you didn't play today, so you can't say. And it could be injury related. You can call say I'm overrated, but the reason for it today was wrong. If it was the hamstring, though, if it was, how do we know that the hamstring's not just a fucking excuse? Like, have have we heard about the hamstring issue yes. in the last oh, two oh, weeks? Oh, oh, yes, we have. You go look it up. Yeah, he was definitely. It, it's documented. He had a hamstring injury for sure. Whether it's that or there were other reports, though, because I think one of the beat reporters were saying that they have been frustrated with his lack of professionalism. So it both those things were said. The hamstring definitely has been there the last couple of weeks. Um, and I think, okay, so here's a quote from him. We started Trent, meaning Sherfield. They've been rotating a lot through the preseason, but Ayuk has only been back for a week after he tweaked his hamstring. And we want to be smart with that. Again, that's what he's saying. Whether it's true or coach speak or bullshit, you know, that's fine. Um, but yeah, and it's the same issue that he had, same hammy that he had last year. So he's been limiting it in training camp recently. So you think that a healthy Debo and a healthy George Kittle? No, see, think- see, no, 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 no. They all can't produce with the way this offense is built. Right. I I agree. I agree with that. But what I'm saying is, if you're talking about a targets pecking order, because every team has one, right? No, no, no team has you know. Two or three guys with the same, you know, basically the same number of targets. Well, maybe the Patriots do at some point. Um, you know, and I just uh, George Kittle and, and Debo Samuel, those are the top two target getters in this offense. Uh, you know, and and Ayuk got the extra work last year because both those guys were hurt. But now that these guys are healthy, to sit there and just say that Brandon Ayuk is the is the wide receiver one. For the 49ers because of what happened last year, um, it, it just made no sense to me. I mean, look, he was really good last year when he got the opportunity. He was. Um, he definitely was. He was. I, mean, I look, think I also the, the the guy who was, you know, really touting Ayuk as a wide receiver one in the uh in the offseason is, you know, one of those guys on Twitter who I really fucking hate. Oh, as a wide receiver one? No way. He yeah, can't be a wide receiver one. Um, but yeah, I mean, this whole thing is just, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, the, the 49ers and Shanahan, this happens all the time. And then here, okay, here's another quote. Ayuk had gone, hadn't gone the last 10 days with his hamstring, and Sherfield was pushing as it was. I was planning on them getting in a lot, rotating the both of them and all five guys that were up today. I don't know how many plays he had, but I'm sure it was less than expected. So, um, so he's, I don't know, man. It's just, but, and then there were other reports that, He's that they didn't like the way Ayuk was acting. He hasn't been a professional. So maybe it's a combination of both. I don't know, man. But either way, like you you're definitely very worried about playing Ayuk. I don't think you could play him next week. No, I, I definitely I don't even know who San Francisco plays next week. And I wouldn't they play Philly, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't buying Ayuk at the price during draft season either. Like, you well, know. Fourth round, fifth round. Yeah, I did. In the sixth I, round, I was just like, man, why is this dude going so high? I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I was wrong on DeAndre Swift. 
just to show you that I'm not an asshole and I can oh, admit no, that, when I'm wrong. That was the other guy where I said, I am going to wind up regretting passing on him because I had him a lot last year Yeah, and he started to fall to like the fourth round. Um, so I was like, damn, man, this could be a guy that I, and there was a stupid bullshit report before the game. Did you see that one? Oh, Swift's not going to have a big workload today. And it probably got some people to be off him. Meanwhile, Swift played 63 snaps. Jamal Williams played 32. Now they both balled out. And that's the thing I think you take away. Now they ran a ton of plays, so they're not going to have a game like this every week, but it's clear that they're going to use both backs and Jamal Williams will have, you know, RB three playability. Now he only had nine carries for 54 yards and a touchdown, but he also had eight catches for 56 yards, nine targets. He's going to throw Goff is going to throw to Hawkinson, Swift and the and the running backs. Dude, they have no wide receivers, man. These guys all suck, man. They, they don't none of them command targets. Tyrell Williams, the number one, two catches, 14 yards. Waste of a wasted man. Like, so that's the one thing at Hawkinson, 10 targets, eight for 97 and a touchdown. I mean, we all know he's going to get a ton of targets. So but yeah, Swift definitely looked good and um, uh, starting to look like a steal in round four. Well, don't beat yourself up, Adam. I'm in the, the exact same boat with you on DeAndre Swift. But again, it's one game. And again, no, he I think he's going to be fine, man. Because, look, he's going to get the targets. This team's going to be playing from behind and they have no wide receivers. You yeah. know, I think I think the concern was the whole one 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 eight back and Anthony Lynn there. But Swift doesn't need 15 to 17 carries. He he could he got eleven today. That's fine. If he's going to get eleven targets, he's going to be fine. And he was explosive on that touchdown, so he's going to be fine. Because I think I said it before the year. I said Hawkinson's going to lead the targets, team of targets. Swift's going to be second. They have no wide receivers. Why would you throw to these bumps? I don't know. No disrespect to them if they're listening. Sorry, Tyrell Williams and Quintez Cephas and Anra St. Brown, Khalif Raymond. I'm sorry, but you know you guys don't command targets. Wait, 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 really? You, you're gonna you're, you're gonna skip over uh, Trinity Benson? You're not gonna yeah. give him an apology? Yeah. Okay. Trinity Benson too had six targets today. What about Jason Cabinda? Oh, he yeah. he, only, he only had one target. Yeah, and he didn't, didn't even catch it. Didn't even catch it. Son <laughs> of a bitch! What a tomato can! Unbelievable chump. Um. All right, let's move on over to Seattle. Twenty-eight sixteen. <sighs> Russ cooked. Russ did well. He didn't run very much today, but I mean, didn't really need to when you're like carving up a secondary with Lockett and Metcalf. Um, just an efficient day here. It was 18 for 23, 254 yards, but he had four touchdowns, which is uh, always real nice. Lockett hit the 100, 100 yard mark. Um, Carson fumbled again. This dude is just, it's, it's unbelievable. Fumble problems that Chris Carson has, but we all know that Pete Carroll loves Chris Carson, so he'll well, always he fixed have that it last job. year. I think he fumbled in like three straight games and then he didn't fumble again. So, yeah. um, but look, it's the same story with Russell Wilson. The guy's just so efficient, and they only ran 53 plays in this game, so that's why the box score looked the way it does. They just scored mm-hmm. so quick. Um, Tyler Lockett was one of my favorite targets this year. He was so undervalued. I mean, in the early drafts, he's going on the fifth round. Then he was going on the fourth. And it was just ridiculous because people were like, oh, he's so inconsistent last year. He got most of his points in three games. 
you guys look at the whole numbers over the course of the year. And remember, Seattle's offense in the second half fell apart. They were very predictable. It was vanilla. They bring in Shane Waldron, and they're more creative now, more emotion. DK Metcalf said at the end of the last year, all teams know what we're throwing at them because they were just so vanilla. Metcalf and Lockett are getting the targets in this offense. And on a day when they each have five targets, they still came through in fantasy. Lockett was just ridiculously undervalued. I think I had him ranked 15th or 16th at wide receiver for the year. So if you follow my rankings on fantasy long, Tyler Lockett better be on your fucking team. <laughs> I don't want to hear any excuses because I had him ranked fucking high. Um, but yeah, again, it's one. The bottom line is, you know, Metcalf and Lockett are going to get the targets every single week. Like yeah. there's no one else. D. Eskridge, one, one target in this game. You know, Everett only had two. It was a touchdown. You know, he'll, he'll probably be okay. You know, it's, when a tight end scores a touchdown, we all get excited, right? And we always overrate it. Oh, it's tight end. And then the next week, they get the same two targets, don't score, and you guys are pissed and you want to drop them. It's the way the tight end position works outside of the elite. That's why you, that's why you invest. That's why you invest. Now I had um you know I had I had GPP stacks everywhere of Wilson Lockett and Metcalf today so uh, put me in an absolute beautiful mood but you know when I usually when I stack a team in uh, you know in DFS I like to have you know I like to run it back from the other side you know you just kind of assuming you know you're you're hoping that the other team is at least putting up a good fight to continue to force your stack to to pass. Uh, and to get that work. Unfortunately, coming back uh, in one stack against, uh, I tried riding it back with Michael Pittman. Uh, and then another one, I, I ran it back with Paris Campbell. Uh, neither one of the two even remotely had a good game. It was fucking Zach Pascal with a pair of scores. Yeah, five targets, four for 43 and two touchdowns. I, it's tough to play the Colts wide receivers, man. They just spread it around. And this was a game where they played, they ran way more plays than Seattle, and it was still um, pretty bad. Pascal played 69 snaps, Campbell only 48, so he's ahead of him in the pecking order. So that's a guy you'll see picked up in, you know, 18 round, 20 round roster spot drafts. Um, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, you know, you got to be happy with that. You know, six catches for 60 yards on seven targets, and Naeem Hines was still utilized, you know. Nine carries on the ground for 34 and six for 48. So Wentz was under a lot of pressure. So quick passes to the running back. He was sacked three times. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you could play any of the Colts wide receivers right now. I feel like they got to turn it around, though. I mean, you know, like, listen, they just 15 spread it. targets, I think they, 15 targets to the running backs. 15. If you combine the targets for Pascal Pittman, uh, Paris Campbell, and uh, yeah, and Paris Campbell. I mean, that's 12 right there. And then you had the tight ends uh, who had eight, Strach and Doyle and, and Moali Cox. Like, you got to shift the targets to the wide receivers. You can't constantly sit there and check down to the running backs. God, you can if you're under pressure. And they just paid Hines, too. And they talked about getting Hines involved in the offense more. So I'm, I'm fine with getting him involved more. I'm not, I'm, that's, I'm not against that. But you can't, you can't not throw to your wide receivers. Can't. I just I'm worried that it's not going to be enough for fantasy, like to count on these guys each and every week. You yeah. know, I mean, it's one week, you know, let's see what happens going forward. But I thought it was very concerning because, again, they ran way more plays than Seattle. They had 38 pass attempts in this game. Wentz completed 25 passes and 
you know, really didn't look much at the receivers. So uh, it's something to watch. But I don't think you can start Pittman with confidence right now. Is what no, I, what is I'm, what I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that you know Quentin Nelson on the offensive line starts feeling better because he's been banged up. Wentz with the foot injury, you know him and Nelson actually had the same exact injury. Oh, don't so, worry, it'll get better next week. They faced Aaron Donald in the Rams. Oh, <laughs> at least they're at home. <laughs> goo. Miami, New England. It's the debut of Mac Jones, but Tua Tungavaloa uh, comes through, leads the Dolphins back to a 17-16 victory. Um, you know, I I'm not invested in either one of these teams. Like, I just I I didn't want anything to do with the um with the Dolphins passing game because I'm just not a big Tua fan. I didn't mind Miles Gaskin, but, you know, they kept bringing in fucking, you know, they brought in Malcolm Brown. I was like, oh, that's still kind of a pain in the ass. So not invested there. And then with the uh, with the Patriots, it's like, you know, all of these interchangeable parts. I have no idea, you know, what they're going to do. Like Damian Harris, 23 carries for 100 yards. Right. Next week, it's going to be like. Brandon Bolden has nah, you know, nah, nah. nine carries. And- this this is Harris's backfield, bro. He looked really good. Is um, it? Yeah, I'm convinced of it. Uh, he Now, he did have the fumble late, so that's something to keep an eye on. But I think it's Harris and James White. They use White quite a bit. Harris played 40 snaps, White 28. The uh, preseason darling, Ramondre Stevenson, five, and Brandon Bolden, two. So I guess if you're going to look at the history of that, but I think it's pretty clear that they're high on, on Damian Harris. So. Um, wasn't I Stevenson think, hurt? Didn't he? He dislocated his thumb. Yeah, but he uh, played. He had, he had two touches and he fumbled one. Right, right, right. I'm saying he like last like last week he dislocated right. his thumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I thought people were getting a little excited for him, you know, based on the preseason. It came, you know, garbage time and everything. But Damian Harris looked really good. Uh, again, he did have that key fumble late, which uh, as the Patriots were driving to take the lead, um, so. But I think their Belichick's pretty high on Damian Harris, and I didn't get him anywhere. In one of my last drafts, I wanted him. Not one of no, it was a NFFC, and I was picking a late sixth round, and I was like, all right, you know, I'm gonna go take a receiver here, and hopefully Damian Harris makes it back. He went seven two one pick before me, and I'm like, I might regret that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought he looked good. Um, James White was more involved. Um, Seven targets, six for 49. So I think obviously with Mac Jones compared to Cam Newton, that's going to help James White. You know, it's tough to start him every week. I do have him a couple leagues and I didn't start him in any of them, but I did have a decision to make. Uh, I think actually one came down to James White, Jacoby Myers. I went Jacoby Myers. White was a little better. Jacoby had nine targets, six for 44. Um, John Smith, five for 42. So they're going to spread the ball out. I know Aguilar had a good game, but. I don't think you can count on that consistently. I think it's going to be Jacoby Myers. Um, I do like John Smith. Uh, him and Henry played about the same amount of snaps. John 55, Henry 54. So the good thing is they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets. Um, so they'll both be out there. I prefer John. They even gave him a carry. Uh, it just feels like uh, Belichick loves this guy. He's always praising him. So. And then Miami side, yeah, you're right. Miami backfield one, no part of man. It's just Gaskin played the most snaps, but 
still. He played 29, Malcolm Brown 16, Ahmed 11. They're going to utilize all three. I mean, yeah, Gaskin's the main one, but you can't count on him to do much. And uh, keep in mind, Will Fuller was suspended for this game, so he'll be back next week. You know, Waddle at four for 61 and a touch. Devontae Parker, four for 81. So Mike Gusecki, two targets, no receptions. He played 21 snaps. Yeah, what was that? I don't know, man. Durham Smythe played 38. And Gusecki played 21. So a bit of a head scratcher. <laughs> I would say that. Uh, so you know what will happen next week? Everyone's gonna be like, oh, I can't start him. He was barely involved. The next week, uh, five for 52 with two touchdowns. <laughs> Ain't that the way, baby? Ain't that the way? Uh, Cleveland, Kansas City. Ooh, this one was uh, this one was crazy, man. Cleveland dominated, dominated. Yeah, man. Through, I would say, three quarters of this game. And then all of a sudden, you know, mid-second half, you know, it was it was just, I don't know if it was, you know, I mean, just Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek, the three of them completely took it over. Uh, it was beautiful. I mean, listen, it, it helped me crush in DFS, um, you know, using that, that, you know, the chief stack and uh Tyreek I forgot I had Tyreek in the GST league so uh that was a nice little bonus um yeah man this was a uh this was a crazy one Nick Chubb uh pair of touchdowns for him 83 yards he did have a fumble uh which you know obviously bums me out Cream Hunt got into the end zone he had six carries to Chubb's 15 uh he had three targets three catches Nick Chubb, two catches today, people. You tell me he's not a pass catcher running back. Come on. Um, so solid game there. The defense just could not hold on. Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey. Um, it, it, it depresses me that really Clyde Edwards Alaire is just, I mean, you know, it's it's the ground game's an afterthought. It's a total afterthought. And uh, and Ceh with three targets only it tells me that he's really they just they just don't want to utilize him in the passing game. Um, I don't know. I mean, the good thing is he played mostly all the running back snaps. Well, the majority he played forty seven. Darrell Williams fourteen and McKinnon four. So I think they're relying on him. Uh, they were playing from behind most of this game, so I think that's why the volume wasn't there. Um, so I think he'll be okay. Think it'll be better. Um, obviously, Tyreek and Kelsey. Not much to say. Still, same old bullshit with McCall Hardman and the other receivers. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's not enough, bro. Like it's just like there's enough. Uh, yeah, Beckham didn't play in this one. You know, hopefully, you kind of followed the news and saw that because I actually did have him in this starting lineup in two leagues. But I made sure and looked. I go, okay, do I have an alternative? Yeah, I do. Okay, I'll wait it out and then. Obviously followed that news and saw that he was out. So went a different direction. But yeah, I love the Browns in this game. It was like six, six and a half at one point. But we do like this underdog segment on Alarm After Hours. And we did it Thursday night. And at that point, the Browns were five. So you have to take an underdog of more than three uh, three or more. Of course, Fensley took a three. I mean, I know this was a rough week. There wasn't a lot of big underdogs. But I had the first pick and I took the Browns plus five. So Thank you for covering. I was sitting there like, are you kidding me, bro? They're in control this whole game. I'm on the right side. Am I going to lose this shit late? <laughs> like, that's the worst shit. It's like you have it right, like for three quarters. And then 
fourth quarter goes haywire and you lose it. So, um, so I was happy the Browns covered. I thought they were going to play well. I thought they had a chance to win and they just couldn't get it done. So, but you know, they're right there. And, um, yeah, Landry got a rushing touchdown. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones was the next man up. He played four less snaps than Landry, um, but they didn't. They, they didn't, didn't target really, him at all. Well, they didn't pass that much. I mean, they pa- twenty-eight pass attempts, twenty-one completions. You know, they were playing from ahead. Yeah, um, yeah and they spread the ball out, man. I mean, the tight ends and Joku got involved. Hooper got involved. It was just really spread out in this game. But I mean, for the most part, you're only playing Landry and Beckham on the uh, right. I mean, that's it. And Chubb and Hunt. So it's pretty much what you do with the Browns. It's pretty much what you do with the Browns. Well, listen, I was uh, I wanted to take the Browns plus. I think it was like I think it was six and a half in the. Yeah, in the I West know it went. I think it went. Yeah. And it went down. It opened at that and it was going to five. It might even went to four and a half because. I think we were using DraftKings Sportsbook. I was like, can I get five and a half on FanDuel Sportsbook? He's like, no, we're using DraftKings. I was like, come on, man. I was like, if we did this day before, I'd get the extra point. Um, nah. Thank God it didn't It didn't matter, but it, it was dicey there for a second. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Dicey. How about the diciest of dicey? You can't sit there. And 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 put down your team and your GM and everybody else around you, right? Uh, and and talk about how you want out so badly, uh, and then you come in and the first game you play as the reigning MVP, um, man, it was like it was like watching a homeless person take a shit. And on a plate, and then like pick it up and eat it. Aaron Rodgers was terrible tonight. Yeah, I have no idea what this was. Uh, it was mind-boggling. Um, I mean, they just were out of it from the beginning, man. I don't know what from happened. From the here. word go, it was over. Look, I didn't draft Aaron Rodgers anywhere this year. And I'm not going to say, oh, this is going to be a bad year. It's probably one week. I mean, they played Detroit next week. On Monday night, they're favored by 10 and a half. If they yeah. lose that game, then we have major problems. Then you can definitely panic. They should be better. I don't know what the hell happened here. Uh, I mean, Rodgers definitely overachieved last year. 9.1 touchdown percent. Just, again, I talked about it last year. That shit came out of nowhere. He wasn't good for the two previous years. And then all of a sudden, he's like one of the best years of his career. So, yeah, just one of those games where you just – Throw it out the window, and um, I'm just glad that the team that I have Aaron Jones, both I have him in two leagues, both did well because I would have been really pissed if he cost me. Um, he no, basically, yeah, no, no one did anything. I mean, Devontae Adams at least salvages day five for 56, but everyone else on this team, absolute garbage. And then on the other side, Winston completed 14 passes, five for touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Kamara had a big game. Well, it could have been bigger, but you know. He had a touchdown, had 20 carries, which we rarely see. And then uh, Jawan Johnson, three receptions, two for scores, although Adam Troutman played way more snaps than him. Troutman, 51 snaps. Jawan Johnson only played 12 snaps. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, well, they use, I mean, you know, Troutman, Troutman is the overall, he's the better tight end. Um, I mean, I'm curious. I'll have to look up what his 
you know, blocking snaps were versus uh, route running. But, you know, I mean, Juwan Johnson was a wide receiver and he converted to tight end uh, during the offseason. So this is his first year working as a tight end. So there's, there's going to be some, you know, some semblance of a learning curve. I think the important thing here, though, is also, yeah, it was it was fewer snaps, but that's who that's who they're looking for in the red zone. He's got that size like he's bigger than Deontay Harris. He's bigger than Marquez Calloway. He's clearly bigger than Chris Hogan. Right. So, you know, when you're looking in the red zone for a big body with like big, long ass arms, you know, Juwan Johnson is your guy. And, you know, so when Troutman was hurt, I mean, I was sitting there banging the drum for Johnson uh, and telling people also take him in the last round. Because nobody knows who he is, and and you know whatever, it just do it. It was like it was like the year that Waller was uh, his his first year with the Raiders. Um, I was like, just take Darren Waller in like the fourteenth, fifteenth round. It's not going to cost you anything, and the upside is just it's absolutely phenomenal. So I said the same thing about uh, Johnson. Not saying that he's going to be the next Darren Waller, but in some leagues he's got wide receiver and tight end eligibility you, you don't know? want to use them at wide receiver though. no you don't want to use them at wide receiver but you know if you've got a team that's got like a short bench right like a really short bench i play in a i play in a league where i only have three guys on the bench you know so so to take a guy like Jawan johnson if you had to use him as a bi-week fill-in or a last second scratch fill-in at least he's got that roster flexibility that can help you out. You obviously prefer him as a tight end, but I mean, listen, if, if he's going to be a red zone target, that's really, you know, that's the stuff. That's what I want to pay attention to. Yeah. I don't know how much to take away from this game because it was just such an odd game, but yeah, I mean, you need some tight help and tight end help. You could add them, see what sticks. Cause they really don't have Many weapons right now. I mean, Marquez Callaway definitely had a tough matchup with Jair Alexander, but still only had two targets. Uh, a lot of people were pushing him up draft boards. I said it. I think we talked about it. I, it was way too high. I mean, he started going in the seventh, eighth round. He went in one draft in the fourth round. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, it was great getting him in the double-digit rounds, but then he, he got pushed up way too far. But it is one game. He played a lot of snaps. He'll be on the field. It'll probably be a little bit better next week. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, this was just tough to take much out of this game since it was a complete mismatch, complete blowout. Yeah. Should be very interesting to see what happens. Um, I don't even know. On the schedule next week, who does the Saints are against the Panthers? And who's Green Bay taking? Detroit, Monday night. Oh, that's right. You said Detroit, Monday night. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. (laughs) Good thing it's Monday night. It's not the main slate for DFS. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, two more games to talk about here. Let's start with uh, Denver 27 13 winners over the New York football giants. Um, sorry, my biggest takeaway out of this game is that I'm very fearful for Jerry Judy's ankle, which high ankle sprain. I think they said what five to six weeks now, six to eight weeks. Yeah. So six this, to eight weeks. Yeah. This crushes me because I have Jerry Judy in um, quite a few leagues, probably a lot more best. Well, I think it's three. I know I got him in FSGA, got him in my home league 
and I got him in the NFFC. I might have another league too. So, but yeah, that this was brutal because he was gone for a big year. And um, in some leagues, he might be cuttable if you are really short on bench. I don't want to do it, but I mean, we're we're looking at potential two months, man. That's a long time. Yeah, that's a very long time to leave a guy sitting on your bench and not being able to use him. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, KJ Hamler had the, the biggest drop I've ever seen. And yeah. it was, it was unbelievable. It was like watching, do you remember like the original bad news bears, right? It was yeah. like watching, watching lupus in, in right field, trying to shag a fly ball. That was brutal. I saw it. I'm like, he really dropped that. So yeah, I mean, Tim Patrick looks like the guy to pick up. Would looks you like the guy to pick up. Yeah, he's been solid whenever they, they kind of use him. I think it's good for Noah Fant, too. Uh, he led the team in eight with eight targets. You know, I was a little concerned about him coming to the year. I'm like, how is Sutton and Judy, you know, but and Bridgewater played well. I mean, he actually took more shots down the field than years past as well. Um, like you said, the if the play to Hamler connects, uh, we're looking at over 300 yards and a better yards per attempt. So uh, he was solid. Um, the running back situation, yeah, Melvin Gordon had the 70-yard run, but it was still pretty much uh, a timeshare. Javante Williams, 34 snaps, Melvin Gordon, 32. So um, I think you're still going to see Williams emerge from this backfield as the season goes along. So if someone maybe is uh, buying into Melvin Gordon, maybe it's a good time to uh, to sell him off this Sell him. Oh, my God. That dude, that dude needed oxygen in the worst way after that run. I almost felt bad for him. <laughs> You're not amused? No, I mean, I don't know. What do you mean amused? What do you want me to say? What? I don't know. A little, little just a little, a little chuckle, a little chortle, a little <laughs> oh bender. <laughs> <laughs> right? Where where's that, man? Give me where's my well, that's baseball Susan, huh? That's baseball. Where's mine? By the way, the Yankees lost. I don't know if you knew that. Why don't you go eat? Like well, that? no, it was no, it was pretty cool because Lindor homered in the bottom of the eighth, and then Stanton came up with second and third and two outs, and Stanton popped up to Lindor to end it. So it was kind of you know a little justice after what went on tonight. Anyway, um, such a douche. <laughs> enjoy my. Can I just enjoy my last? bright moment of the year. It is all downhill from here. At least the Yankees have a shot to make the postseason. The Mets are done. And then someone's telling me on Twitter, oh, we're still alive. I'm like, have you watched this fucking team for the last two months? You really believe this shit? Not happening. And I'll, I'll love to be wrong, but it's not happening. Anyway, um, on the Giants side, I mean, look, it was kind of expected with Barkley, right? Um, because he had the, he has a game on Thursday. Like I was, I even tweeted before, I'm like very interested when I saw they said, yeah, he's playing. I'm like interested to see what his touch distribution is going to be because they have a game on Thursday. So Barkley played 29 snaps. Booker played 24. So the, the Barkley thing, you knew this was coming, right? Slow start, tough matchup. Good. You know, what do you expect? 10 carries, 26 yards and one catch for one yard. So you knew this if you were drafting him. You did know it. If you were drafting him, you did. And if you didn't, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, encouraged to see Kenny Galladay out there. Six targets, four catches, 64 yards. 
I mean, yeah, after all the injuries, it's just I still worry about Daniel Jones and him, you know, as his quarterback. Uh, and we did see Shepard lead the team of targets with nine. He had a good game. Yeah, seven. he had a great day. I, yeah. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, Jones always looks for him. Whenever uh, Shepard's been healthy, he's always been the guy. I mean, obviously, they paid Galladay to be the man, but – um, I, I, I worry about this offense. Daniel Jones still shaky. He had another big fumble in this game. So, and they got a short week playing a good defense in Washington. So it's the same, same story for the giants. Same story for the giants. Same old same. Cause it's the same old song. Ooh, you got to dedicate a jukebox Monday song for me there, Adam. We'll see if you can get one later on. Um, last game here was the Sunday night game. Rams 34-14 winners over the Bears. I don't think anybody is too shocked or surprised to see uh, the passing attack of the Bears be non-existent. I mean, you got Jalen Ramsey on Allen Robinson. You got Andy Dalton, who's under center. It's not looking pretty there. I like seeing David Montgomery hit the uh, the century mark for rushing yards. That was good to see. Um, I, is there anybody, I, I think I've got, I've got a picture of my wife when she's like, I don't know, she's probably like eight or nine years old. And this picture of her, the look of elation on her face is, is unbelievable. And the story behind the picture is great because my wife is a hoarder, right? So she would hoard candy when she was a kid and she would stash it all over her room and she would hide it or whatever. And so there's this picture of her like so super happy because she just realized that she had, you know, a certain stash of candy that she just that she had forgotten about. Um, that's what Matthew Stafford looks like playing ball for the Rams right now. He looks so fucking happy to be out of Detroit um, and utilizing Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, the bomb to Van Jefferson in the uh, in the first quarter. Um, he just looks. So incredibly happy being out on this field right now. Yeah, and he should be. I mean, you know, you go to a team that potentially can be a Super Bowl contender. So and you got some good weapons. So not surprising. And there, they'll be a little bit, I would think, more pass heavy. I mean, this matchup was conducive for a two Bears solid against the run. We didn't see much of Sony Michelle. And, you know, that's not surprising. He just got over the only played three snaps. Henderson played 49. Uh, Tyler Higby played every snap. So there's a good sign for you um, with Higby. Um, again, this team should be a passing offense. So he came through in a big way, five for 68, six targets. Cooper Cup almost had a second touchdown, but was just short. But he had a big game. Robert Woods salvaged the day with a touchdown late. Uh, he only had four targets in this one, but again, they didn't need to pass a lot. They were pretty much in control. Um, twenty pass, twenty completions for Stafford only, and then uh, like you said, Montgomery looked really good again. Um, and they need to go to Fields. I mean, it's pretty evident. Like I don't know why they're wasting time. And Allen Robinson was probably as low as he'll be in the rankings. I think I had him. I don't know, twenty four, twenty five this week. So. Most cases you were probably playing, but there are probably some situations where people have better receivers. Um, he'll be fine. It was Jalen Ramsey, so someone's panicking on Robinson. He still had 11 targets, six for 35. He'll be fine. I thought I had Robinson in way more leagues because you know I'm a huge fan. I think I only have him in the fishbowl. That is it as far as redraft. Wow, I might have him really? in the basketball. 
That yeah. is that is low. That is low for you. Very low. Um, it's just because that range where he was going, a lot of those receivers were so close. It was that range is like him, Keenan Allen, CD Lamb, McLaurin, you know? So I just didn't really get him in many leagues. Uh maybe best one, but yeah. I don't have only redraft league off the top of my head that I have him is Scott Fishball. That's it. All righty. All righty. Well, there you go. Game by game, player by player, a little analysis to help you guys around. You know, now you know some of the names to look at for waiver wire. Guys, you don't want to be panicking on. We've gone through pretty much anything. So I'll tell you what, before we get on out of here, Adam, final thoughts here. Um, no, you know what? Not a, f- fuck the rest of what we saw. Let's pick uh let's pick Monday night football, dude. Ravens minus four and a half over the Raiders. The over-under is 50 and a half. Um, I'm gonna go with what I did for the Westgate super contest, and I'm gonna say I'll take the Raiders plus the four and a half points. Um, you're looking at like somewhere in the neighborhood of like 60 to 65 percent uh home dogs winning on Monday night football. Um Lord knows how the Ravens are the the Raiders are actually going to get this going. Um, you know, it should be very interesting to see if they get this passing attack going. But you know, I'm going to go with the trend. Let the trend be your friend, and uh, and give me the home dog on Monday Night Football, especially you know in in Vegas because I think you know here's the thing, you know, and and Mish made a very good point about this. Um, this is probably going to be one of the only games where the Raiders have more fans of their own than they do of the opposite team, because, you know, they, they, you know, they haven't really like put their footprint down in Las Vegas yet. And you want to talk about like the ultimate destination place to be like, Hey, you know, let's take a little, you know, a little trip with the boys. Uh, we'll go see our team play the Raiders in Vegas and we'll make a weekend out of it kind of a thing. So you're going to start seeing a lot more visiting team fans in Vegas. Um, and so, yeah, so again, just, a an opportune time to take it. Um, I, again, I don't know how they'll do it. Maybe, maybe it's a, a nice little late bullshit backdoor cover kind of a thing. Maybe maybe the Ravens are inefficient. And they just do nothing but kick field goals. Um, but I got Raiders plus four and a half, Adam. Yeah, I'll take the Raiders plus four and a half also. Maybe Baltimore is looking ahead to the next week game against the Chiefs as well. Um, but yeah, I do think that the crowd, this is the first game in Vegas with a crowd. So it's going to be pretty tough. It is hard to kind of come up with reasons to back the Raiders, though. Their offensive, right? line, is. <laughs> their offensive line is a mess. Jacobs is questionable. Um, so they might be a lot of Kenyon Drake. Um, but, you know, Ravens, though, short at running back. Um, Marcus Peters out. So, you know, they have some young linebackers. So you could see it being a close game. And. Probably Ravens win, but more like three. So, yeah, I'll take the Raiders getting the four and a half as well. Yeah, somehow they need Justin Tucker to kick a uh, like a last-second field goal, something like that. Yes, That's, I can see that happening. It's usually the way that shit goes down. Um, Over-under of 50 and a half. 
I'm going to take the under. Um, I just because I'm looking at it and I'm like, all right, I mean, it's, you know, like this is going to in order for this to really have for the Raiders to to cover this spread. Um, I mean, this has just got to be a sloppy game, just a shit game kind of a thing where you just like it just doesn't happen. You know, it's like, a, you know, like a like a I don't know. 23 to 21 game at the at the at the most you know so i'm looking at the under yeah i don't feel strongly on either side if i were to take it i'd probably take the over though all right all right well we shall see um, but there you go, folks, your, your, your week one in the NFL. Congratulations. You did it. You made it through now. Don't do anything stupid. That's, that's my final word here. Don't do anything stupid. It's one week. Don't overreact to great performances and don't overreact to, to shitty performances. Don't get caught up in that stuff. You, you did the research. You drafted your players. It's one game out of 17. So just stay chill. That that that's my advice there. Yeah, definitely. It's we go through this every single year. It's one week of the season. So don't worry about it. Uh unless you have Jerry Judy and you know Brandon Ayuk and stuff like that then yeah you might be in trouble but uh <laughs> no it's still never too late yeah again i had a team go 0-4 come back and win a championship so especially if the leagues count points uh for playoff spots you'll be all right so don't worry about it yeah don't worry about it but all right so that's going to do it for us uh tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more details uh, for some waiver wire action, but I mean, you just kind of, you know, you, you kind of heard the majority of it here, um, but we'll cruise through it. But wow, long day. Adam's going to get some sleep. Howard's going to get some sleep. We're going to do this shit all over again come Monday. That's right. Showdown slate. I'll have a write up over at fantasyalarm.com. Uh, you won't want to miss that. I've got a monkey knife fight prop contest video. That's coming out on Monday. What, what uh, You got anything coming out tomorrow, Adam? Tomorrow I don't. Most of my work is jam-packed into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I will – I don't know if I'll start my rankings tomorrow. Maybe I will for week two because, you know, I got to get those going. All right. You can write up the showdown slate for me if you want. Nah, you're really great at that. I don't want to. Nah, you're really great at that, you <laughs> patronizing son of a bitch. All right, rest up, my friend. We're going to crush you for the rest of the week. For all of you out there, thank you so much for liking and subscribing. Always, always great to uh, to, to be here. For Adam Ronas, I'm Howard Bender. This has been the Annie Up Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.